Hey everyone, it's Brenny, one of the curators of Allowed. I'm really excited to be introducing this article this week. It's called Epistemic Helplessness in Society by Chris Gillette. Chris is an undergrad student as well as a venture partner at Contrary Capital and just a very interesting thinker. I hope you enjoy. Epistemic Helplessness in Society by Chris Gillette, published in July 2019. Douglas Adams wrote that space is big. While space is merely big, human society is complex. And however hard it is to comprehend inhuman bigness, comprehending inhuman complexity is surely harder. Our world is too large, interconnected, and dependent on expert knowledge for any bit of it to be wholly understood by a layperson. That's significant because it makes every aspect of daily life as dauntingly unfathomable when closely considered in its entirety as the cosmos. The conflict between the irreducible world and the desire for coherence produces cognitive filters that dull and simplify our perception of the world. Much complexity is hidden behind the scenes, so it wouldn't occur to consider the ocean of operational detail beneath the surface. Otherwise, simplified pseudo-explanations are provided to stimulate comprehension of sophisticated phenomena, or else one must come to terms with ignorance. The blinders necessitated by multiplex society manifest surprisingly psychological effects. Incomplete knowledge produces bad prior assumptions, misattribution of causality, and constrained thinking in the domains of science, technology, and industry. I'll elaborate on the complexity of human society and the resulting coping mechanisms, then consider the effects these will have on individuals. The world is complex. The mere scale of human society creates complexity. Every day, hundreds of thousands of people die or are born. Millions of people fly on planes. Millions of megawatt hours are consumed. Billions of goods are produced, and on and on. There's just so much happening. Pick any part of life, and its scale will surprise you. Take road travel as an example. In 2017, vehicles drove 3.2 trillion miles on American roads consuming 142 billion gallons of gas. Of those, 269 billion miles were traveled between cities on rural interstates. Commercial trucks transported $10.49 trillion worth of goods. These grand totals compress vast activity. The billions of individual trips, the reasons for them, the times and routes. Lifetimes can be spent analyzing all the ways to slice into one year of the nation's traffic. Transportation is a broad domain, containing many specializations which fill up shelves of your local university's library. That's because there's a surprising amount of detail involved in even mundane things. My favorite example comes from a math professor writing a cat food company to suggest using a one-to-one height-to-diameter ratio, which would seemingly reduce cost by minimizing surface area. The company replied with the non-obvious reasons for the larger design. Cans of a greater ratio can be sterilized faster. Ends have thicker metal than the cylinder due to strength requirements, so minimizing surface area on the ends is more important. Uniform end diameter creates manufacturing line efficiencies. Larger diameters generate more scrap metal. Smaller diameters make more efficient use of warehousing and shipping space. The simplest objects in daily life are complicated in unseen ways. A consequence of the complexity and detail of mundane things is that production knowledge must be divided between many individuals with specialized roles. 
I doubt that many individuals can trace in detail the workings of a microwave from electromagnetism and radiation to the magnetron and turntable to design considerations like how to fit the components together and create an intuitive user experience. Those individuals will appreciate what most don't, that from a golf cart to the SR-71, all things reduce to a number of entirely ordinary actions, classical mechanics. Everyone knows that there's no magic in a car or a light bulb, that the combined knowledge of some number of people will turn sand into a microchip, as surely as a meshing gear transmits rotational motion. But even to the master electrician, the world of electrons is a hypothetical place that can only be contracted by incarnation of power line and main panel. The technical sophistication of objects core to daily life makes those with the knowledge to produce them like shamans. To the layperson, if they stop to consider, microwaves are genuine marvels, and the Hoover Dam may as well be a gift from the gods. Because knowledge is highly specialized and interconnected, production must be too. Some people must dedicate their careers to studying traffic flows, because deep expertise takes years. And if their economic output consists entirely of traffic research and planning, Someone else needs to produce their food. Everyone's job has a limited scope in the overall economy. But our specialized tasks are interwoven in a system of production that meets the needs of consumers. The classic example of this is the pencil. No single person knows how to make a pencil. Its production requires the combined skills of thousands of people who each contribute, mostly indirectly, to a narrow part of the process and are themselves reliant, directly and indirectly, on thousands of others. Cedar and graphite are extracted from different parts of the world by firms who are unaware of their ultimate use and are themselves reliant, directly and indirectly, on thousands more firms. Every final good or service involves a nexus of firms that are each focused on tasks that do not individually satisfy the wants of consumers except when arranged in sequence. At each step of the chain, there is a firm that is itself at the center of a web of suppliers and customers. The Census Bureau identifies many thousands of distinct commodities and 1,057 industries in which millions of firms cooperate and compete. Even supply chain specialists have only a limited view of their firm's web of interdependent specialists. The economy is a Mobius strip of infinite interdependence. There are other multiplicitous systems like social networks, critical infrastructure, and knowledge graphs that are as opaque as the economy. When I look at a product and imagine the journey of its inputs, I feel the same disorientation as when I look at someone on the street and consider that their life is as real and rich as mine. It exceeds the imagination's capacity for comprehending distance, time, and degrees of separation. The scale, surprising detail, technical sophistication, and interconnected systems of the modern world preclude any individual from understanding it. Education and life experiences expose us to a fraction of reality, but we are all like blind people feeling different parts of an elephant. As a humorous corollary, there are probably whole categories of ways in which the world is complex that I am unaware of. Coping with complexity. Most complexity is unseen. No individual has a broad enough perspective to see the true largeness of the world. 
who would have imagined that there are 7 billion people in the world? Scale only imposes itself when we look out the window of an airplane during ascent. The production supply chain remains out of sight except for the last step, retail of final goods. Without economic studies, who would have imagined the interconnected system that produces pencils? The defining feature of successful logistical accomplishments is that they hide their orchestration from the audience. They would never occur to us. We often don't know what we don't know. Where complexity is noticeable, there are three possible responses, but only two are practical. One is to seek to understand by becoming an expert. This is a lifelong devotion, and only the polymath can make multiple subjects their expertise. The irony of this approach is that as one learns more, they become aware of more things that they don't understand. More commonly, one can either learn bite-sized explanations for the topic or simply remain unacquainted with it. Bite-sized explanations are simplified descriptions of why things are the way they are, but they serve more to entertain or to placate curiosity than to generate useful understanding. The common feature of the quasi-explanation is that it's more about the words than the concepts, more about being able to tell than being able to do. Little kids get fed these all the time. It's part of the socialization process. They ask why the sky is blue, and parents recite the story their parents told them. The story is true, universal knowledge, but it's insufficient for understanding. Maybe that's why kids keep asking why. Questioning of reality could continue forever until you hit a true unknown or a transcendent truth. The final response to complexity is ignorance. There's nothing ignoble about this option because, except in one's own area of expertise, knowledge of immense things is shallow and incomplete. This is a necessary feature of modern life and an inherent byproduct of the ability to ponder one's surroundings. Consequences of Complexity Incomplete knowledge produces bad prior assumptions, misattribution of causality, and constrained thinking in the domains of science, technology, and industry. We use our prior knowledge to understand new things, but insurmountable complexity limits its usefulness. Our prior knowledge is watered down by simplified explanations. The scale, detail, and interconnectedness of the world mean both that the lessons we draw from our experiences are partially wrong and that we will frequently encounter new things about which our prior experiences cannot inform us. Availability bias only misleads in a world where individuals interact with a tiny fraction of the whole. Think back to early childhood and remember the times when you encountered unfamiliar situations and formed assumptions that are baffling in retrospect. Maybe we never stop being absurdly wrong about things, we just stop being more wrong than everyone else. This has appreciable impacts. A man was taken off a plane and interrogated in 2016 after his seatmate reported him for writing in a cryptic language, which turned out to be math, a differential equation. You could laugh at the seatmate, but consider the possibility that she's not an idiot, just high-strung and long out of school. The passenger saw something she didn't understand. She used her limited knowledge to make sense of it and was wrong. A family is swept off a waterfall. 
Would you have guessed how strong a foot of water is? Is your intuition so superior that you've never mistaken algebra for code, so to speak? The world is too large to be fully acquainted with. There are things you don't know that'll get you killed in the wrong circumstances. The complexity that runs circles around experts causes the layperson to withdraw from interest in the world around them. We lose appreciation for modern life when we fail to consider the operational realities that make it possible, that every aspect of life which has been engineered by intellect is the result of carefully orchestrated causes. At some level, atoms acting on atoms. How often do we remember that oil extracted overseas can't power our cars until brought over on ships? We become disconnected from everyday things because, except for their use and their function, they are foreign to us. The cityscape is dotted with structures that, though we know nothing about them, we recognize are critical to our lives. We become consumers and users by disposition. We have to take the functioning of the world around us on faith. This engenders a helplessness in the individual. When most people don't understand how important parts of the world work, it becomes impossible to imagine building on top of or outdoing what has already been done. Our complexity filters are like blinders on the full range of possibility space. We imagine that life is on rails, like a roller coaster, and thus severely underestimating the range of possible outcomes for a lifetime, a day, a civilization. The criminal learns to think outside the constraints of convention. He knows that if he finds a way over that fence, so to speak, Whatever's behind it can be his. He sees his target as a physical maze of opportunities for entry. The study of anthropology and history will widen one's perspective of what can take place. An army can pass anywhere a few people can stand. A pressurized container, 0.012 inches thick, can safeguard humans in space. The features of modern life are not essential as humans have lived under dramatically different conditions. Though trite, it bears repeating. We are apes living in a world of atoms that we've rearranged in pleasing ways. Complexity-induced misjudgment is equally possible at institutional levels. Being wrong about one very important thing has been disastrous for many civilizations. More sacrifice will end this drought. These visitors are gods. Lead will work great in paint and gasoline. During World War II, Pacific tribal societies came in contact with airplanes containing valuable cargo. And when the planes disappeared after the war, the tribes tried to summon them by recreating the superficial features of aviation activity that they observed in wartime. They made runways lined with fires, and they built a control tower with a man wearing bamboo headphones. They waited for planes to come, but none did. They misattributed cause and effect because they lacked important outside context. This mistake is common. Governments used to forbid currency from being taken out of the country, believing its exportation made the country poorer. It wasn't until Adam Smith argued for the mutual benefit of trade that rulers incorporated a more sophisticated understanding of the economic system into their policies. During the Great Depression, President Hoover got business leaders to maintain wages, believing this would preserve consumers' purchasing power, but this likely increased unemployment. Given the complexity of the economic system, 
Such misjudgment is possible, and key theories and policies are still debated today. A society can develop magical beliefs about how scientific and economic progress happens. A generation born into an advanced civilization that can't be understood may see the course of history as predestined and outside anyone's control. The knowledge graph of production chains which are necessary for making things happen will be taken for granted, and the contributions of the individuals who comprise them will be discounted. For example, the idea that progress is a function of time rather than work is prominent in our culture. There's a sense that one generation goes to the moon and the next generation goes to Mars. But milestones don't have to occur once per generation. There's no reason that the Apollo missions couldn't have been followed quickly by additional R&D and a manned mission to Mars. And there's no reason that the next generation will go to Mars in the absence of someone to get us there. Nothing is inevitable, and nothing is impossible. If knowledge is not passed on effectively, a society will become unable to progress further and eventually to maintain what has been built. It may seek to recreate the superficial features of a time or place when things were invented and challenges were vaulted, to go back in time rather than regain mastery or repair the mechanisms of knowledge transmission. I wonder the ways our society might be making sacrifices to end drought, a society that does not recognize that every artifact of civilization exists only because of the combined knowledge and efforts of some very large number of people runs the risk of failing to preserve the institutions that transmit understanding and mastery to the next generation or to stoke the ambition necessary to do greater things. The present is a gift from the past, but we are not entitled to it. Every generation must earn its keep.